Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And we do not have Ed tonight. Ed is currently picking his friend up from the airport. Being a good her, doobie. Yes, and her uh, plane was delayed. So uh, we will hopefully hear from Ed uh, at some point. Hopefully yeah. he'll be able to join us and we'll yes. patch him in. Um, but uh, we opened up there with Paradise by the Dashboard Light from Nationals Season 3. Who did the lead on that? It sounded weird. That was that was uh, Corey. Corey did the lead on that one. He sounded weird. He I couldn't has visualize it. <laughs> he has several voices. Several voices. Mm. Uh, but yes, we are back. We don't have a lot to discuss tonight, so it might be a bit of a short one, but we have some voicemails. And uh, we have uh, some other some things to get into. And uh, we have some news. Uh, news Josh day. and... We'll just dive right in so you don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> uh, Josh and Jen bought a house. Yay! Josh and Jen Woo! bought a house. Uh, we're going to move... Um, over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully. So weeks. Uh, we will figure everything Actually, out. Actually, next week. Yeah, next Thursday. Next Thursday, yes. That is the plan. So. So we might miss a show, is what we're saying. And, might miss a podcast. And regrettably, unless something disastrous happens, you're not going to hear sirens anymore. You're not going to. So the drinking games yeah, will not be You're going to have to find sirens. something else to drink to. Yes. <laughs> so um, we're not going to have that. So it'll probably be cursing and the cat. Will be the new drinking games. <laughs> so, now I gotta create something else. But we bought a super cool mm. house. Uh, it's this adorable. we always called this. We always called this place uh, Studio Studio L. Was this one? Yeah. So I don't know what the next one will be called. Um, but we have to decide where we're gonna be. We've actually only done one episode outside of this place. Did you know that we did one episode, the very, 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 very first episode of the American Idol podcast was in our old apartment on Moore Park. On Moore Park, we only did one there. I think we only did one. I'm pretty wow. sure. And then we moved here, and we've done every other podcast from here. Okay, well, maybe And we've done them upstairs and downstairs, and we've done them on three <laughs> different computers, but we've always had the exact same microphones. Aww. <laughs> uh, well, nice to know there's something consistent in that. Yes, exactly. And so, there's yes. always sirens. So. And we're literally moving a mile and a half away. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it's really quiet. It's a very, very quiet little neighborhood. Yeah. So we're very excited about it. So we are very excited. Uh, <laughs> Wes says, can we just buy a siren button sound effect to <laughs> randomly play it in the show? We can do that just for you. Uh, <laughs> I used to joke about that because sometimes I work from home. And people would be like, people would question, like, where are you really? And I said, no, 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 really, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at our house, you know, I'm here. And then the siren would go up, and I'd go, see, I live across the street from the fire station. They're like, yeah, you get a sound effect button on your computer. <laughs> yep, that's what I did. Awesome. We could do that. Uh, well, cool. Well, let's, um, uh, yeah, that was, that's our news. Yeah. Um, and so we're very excited about that. So we might miss a podcast uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, Lots but going we on. will, there's a ton going on and we will be with you guys as much as we can be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, if you're ever in the valley, where's up? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we opened yes, up with, we'll have guest quarters. We opened up with paradise by the dashboard light. And we don't have a lot of glee to talk about. Glee's been pretty quiet in this, um, in this interim, interim, uh, and, uh, but we do have some other Ryan Murphy stuff. Uh, we, had the That's premiere true. of, American Horror Story 
Asylum, Asylum. Season 2, American Horror Story type. Season 2, entitled Asylum. Uh, they changed the title on your DVR, so you had to reprogram <laughs> it, which just seemed like bad thinking. <laughs> but uh, but so it's called Asylum this season. And it's a much different show. We talked a lot about the last season um, on this podcast. And so we'll, we'll continue to track this season of American Horror Story. We'd love to do a podcast about it, but we just oh, don't yeah. have the time. Um, but uh, we had the first episode, and the it's kind of a flip this year. In the last season, we kind of... Each episode would start with a flashback to the history of the house, and this season uh, we're in the past, and we're start and we started the first episode with a flash forward. It's kind of interesting. I feel like the the concept behind this season is there's all these shows about, uh, or there's all those movies about the haunted house, mm-hmm. and last season was yeah. about a haunted house. Yeah, and the and family that moves in and then realizes things aren't right. Exactly. Uh, and they have to deal with the haunted house. This season, it seems to be we're going to watch the house get hunted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool concept. I'm actually really excited to see how that's used and how it's played. Um, because, yeah, we started off with Adam Levine and uh, Jenna Dewan Tatum, and uh, who looks totally different. Well, she doesn't wear her glasses. She looks different. She looks so different to me. She's so pretty. Uh, and uh, Adam She's Levine, who's not the worst actor in the world. You know what? I thought he was really good He's as much that character. Himself, but but he was very natural because <laughs> some people can't even do that. I thought he was really good. Uh, and they fit. I mean, those two characters are definitely written for those two people. And so we got to kind of see like them in the haunted house. And then we flash back to yeah. you know when it was in its heyday. It's about an asylum. Uh, it's set in the sixties, I believe. Sixty four. I want to say. Uh, yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. right. Sounds right. Uh, and it's set in an asylum, uh, which I is in um, Massachusetts. Yes. Uh, which is again creepy, another creepy kind of odd connection. It, it has all these odd connections to last season. The way last mm-hmm. season was actually about a family from Boston that moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and now season two is set in Massachusetts. Yes. Uh, so there's all these kind of strange mirror images. A lot of the same actors coming back in totally different characters and in totally different dynamics. They mm-hmm. pretty much seem to have taken. Um, the actress who I'm, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to have taken Jessica Lang and been like, everyone loved her in the first season. We're just going to make the second season about her. Yeah, <laughs> and so she's totally in the power position this time around. Right, and because of the the the, the timeline of it, it's not as if this was them, you know, at some other stage or in a, a former existence, because they would have been actually parallel mm-hmm. at one point. Hi. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> The, so those that are the good so things. The downside is I actually didn't like the first episode very much. You know what? I I don't know that I didn't like it. I definitely have to watch it again. So much happened. They threw. There were probably five concurrent storylines. Yeah. In 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 character um, relationships, I guess is the the thing I'm trying to say. And it was just a lot to process. And there were some very shocking moments, <laughs> and I was a little surprised at some of the things that they did. But I don't, so I'm not going to say I didn't like it. It was just a lot to process. There, it, a ton happened. Yeah, there was too much happened to really get a handle on any one thing. Yeah, and I think that uh, in the the first season, you know, they introduced like 
you, it, again, this is like a glee conversation <clears throat> where we're constantly going back to like, this is how it used to work and we want it to work that way again. Right. But in the first season, I felt we really were more tied to, there was a string of events. When we first arrived, even though there's a lot happening in that first episode, it was all tied to a very specific, you know, family moves into a house and they have inner turmoil and everything's kind of reflecting that. And here, there's just a ton of stuff going on, and nothing's really related or reflecting each other. It's just kind of a lot of of standalone elements, right? Kind of trying vying for your attention. And I was never quite sure what is the main thread that's yeah. supposed to be taking us through here. I, I I couldn't figure out what was that that central plot line that was going to tie all this stuff together in this first episode. Um, that and, you know, I always say the secret of a, a haunted house is you have to understand the geography of the haunted house because you kind of have to know what you're afraid of. Right. <laughs> and I, what corners that, to be. Exactly. And knowing, like, if you, of, if a yeah. character's going to go on the run, knowing where they can run to, you mm-hmm. know, these are important things to know. Or where they know. can't run. Yeah. I knew none of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could not piece that together. I mean, at I, all. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that is it um you know the first season it kind of builds you know took its time in, in you know the suspense and the the intrigue and the, the the shock and horror all kind of was developed slowly and just kind of grew and grew and grew and this was a whole lot of oh my god holy crap i can't believe they did that mm. and it, yeah so it, it's it's a lot to, to to sort out and so i'll probably i i definitely um I definitely won't watch the first episode again, and you know maybe the second episode they'll take more time to um, go into, you know, one or two of the storylines as opposed to trying to run all five at once. Yeah. Now they, but they did bring back, <clears throat> you know, all of our favorite actors. I mean, oh yeah, the actors are great. Uh, you know, I, I love Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. I think she's absolutely amazing. Um, I, I I love uh, uh, James Cromwell, who's kind of the new guy, mm-hmm. and even Joseph Fiennes. So the the yep. people they added are fantastic. The people they brought back from the first season are fantastic. So so there's a lot of good elements, and I'm definitely going to come back. I'll definitely see mm-hmm. it next week. But uh, um, but yeah, the, I was a little disappointed. That said, all of the horror bloggers that mm-hmm. I follow, all of the horror journalists um, that I that I pay attention to they all disliked the first couple episodes of season one and really came into the show toward the end of season one okay um they all continued to watch it because that's we have a problem that's what they do uh because that's what we do (laughs) horror nerds but um, give up but they they didn't like the beginning and came into it towards the end and so uh and they've all really liked this opening Mm -hmm. it was the highest rated hour of television in the history of fx which so is crazy. That's huge uh, for FX. I think we'll definitely be seeing more American Horror Story uh, totally. after this season. Um, but yeah, you know the the horror journalists and uh, critics in general really did like that episode. <clears throat> so there does seem to be you know an audience for it, and uh, yeah. and I think it'll be awesome. Wes says he's hoping for some session nine ness this season. That would be awesome. Yeah, and huge hugs for even knowing yes! that movie. Yes, yes, uh, that movie's amazing. It is. Halloween time, and a lot of people watch a lot of horror movies at this time of the year. Yeah. Um, session 9 was uh, totally underrated. Oh, session or is overlooked. Because so everybody so I good. know who's seen it really it's liked like, it. And even David Caruso couldn't ruin that movie. I um, know. And I met the guy, I met the Irish guy at Sundance. Did you really? And he's so scary. Anyway, is Session 9, if you, like, if you like scary <laughs> movies, Session 9's the bomb. 
Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, American Horror Story, Ryan Murphy's just Ryan Murphy. Like, everything he touches is very definitively him. Whether it's American Horror Story, Glee, or our next topic, The New Normal, um, they ha- he has certain consistent elements all across the board that he's really fascinated with. And one of his consistent elements is um, angry disabled people. Like mean mm-hmm. disabled people is are in all of his movies or all of his shows. Unsympathetic. Uh, unsympathetic. Yes. There you go. Um, and uh, and and I haven't seen that one yet in American Horror Story season two, but I'm sure they're coming. <laughs> you know, he's definitely. Well, it was a patient who was really terrifying. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the girl from? Oh, you're thinking of the, the girl with the. Yeah. Head. Yes. That's a that's a poll from um, that movie Freaks, the Todd Browning movie from yes. like 1940 yes. something. Yeah, that's a, a lift. It's a recreation of a character. From yeah. That, who had a. Uh, but anyway, that, but that but that character is not um, warm and cuddly or sympathetic at all. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so, um, rather terrifying. So I'm not uh, I'm not watching the new normal. But no, Jennifer, you have checked in on the new normal, and I, I know have. many of our listeners are very big fans of it. So, uh, would you like to um, would you like to talk about uh, the new normal? I can talk a little bit about it. I actually went. Let's see. Last week, I watched the first five episodes. Uh, totally caught up as much as I could at the time, and it was one of those things that I felt. More that I had to check out rather than there was something about it that made me want to. But I'm so glad I did because everything that I've heard about it made it sound like it was, you know, edgy for edgy's sake, shocking for shocking's sake, you know, uh, racist and homophobic for, you know, just the sake of, you know, throwing it out there in people's faces. It is such a sweet show. It, great characters, um, wonderful relationship, very, you know, yes, the, the grandmother, Ellen Barkin's character is completely over the top. But in her heart, you know that she cares about her family, regardless of the, the, the means in which she tries to show it. Um, all of the couples on it are just, just, well, okay, the main couple, and I don't even know the character's name. I watched it so quickly. But they're really sweet, and they're trying to have a baby so that they found a surrogate. And, and um, yeah, it's just a really sweet show. It was, it was far more heartwarming and honest about the relationships and about society and about prejudices and, and not even just, you know, with the gay couples but with other um, people in the show and I just there was so much more to it than I thought it would be because oh. of the way it had been marketed so I'm really glad I checked it out and I was also concerned it was going to be kind of a uh, modern family ripoff and it really yeah, isn't that's definitely how it, it looked but but you keep saying it's not I really I don't get I, I think it's I think it's different enough I mean sure there's going to be parallels to you know the the, the two central um, you know, gay couples. But mm. other than that, I, I, it is very, very different. Because he is, they are irreverent. They are not politically correct. They are not um, always cute and cuddly. But it's, it's very real. Huh. Now, it's a half hour show, right? Yes. Is it, 
is it able to get particularly deep or does it have to does it tend to play more that modern family like you know uh we introduce something and then we're able to wrap it up very quickly well yes it does some of the things that i've seen so far have been wrapped up relatively quickly but not in a way that you don't see how a character might have come to that point it's not just like, okay, I'm going to do what you want me to do, and I'm okay with it. You actually see the people go through, you know, this this transformation or this realization to bring them to that point. But it manages to get heavy, even it though does. it doesn't have a and full uncomfortable. 45 minutes. And uncomfortable wow. while, it, while it's making you laugh at the same time. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. But I, I, I was, I, I've been impressed so far, and I can... I will continue to watch it. And I, I still think you should check it out. I, I, I definitely feel like I want to get to it at some point. It's just been, <clears throat> yeah, I, I just have not had the time. Yeah. And which is kind of, you know, to kind of close this topic, brings up another thing. Usually you and I add at least five shows at the beginning. I was going to say two to three. Three to five. <laughs> three to five. <laughs> okay. At the beginning of a new season. Yeah. And not even just like, and that includes like mid-season and summer season. Like we add new yeah. shows all the time. We have not, I don't think we've added a single new show and from have, this fall season. Well, I have been watching, because it's really easy to, to watch um, oh. online, Apartment 666. No, yes. what is it? 666. Park Avenue. Park Avenue, yes. Yes. And that's kind of... You know, it's it's intriguing enough right now. I like. I actually love the cast. I think the cast is fantastic. And the only person I didn't recognize right away is the blonde girl, and she was actually in the first Transformers movie. And I thought she was actually kind of stand out in that movie. So to see her in this, I was like, oh wait, I know who that is. Um, so that's I actually kind of fun. Out. She was the yes the the cute blonde Australian There's scientist. There's nothing you can say. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was um, one of the more traumatic two and a half hours of my life. So I have watched that, but I like I, I I feel like I need to like throw down the the revenge challenge to you again. I'm like just with the new normal, just just watch the pilot. And if you don't right. care for the pilot, just just move on. For people that don't that weren't <laughs> listening at the time when Revenge started, Jennifer watched it, and I oh. said that show looks horrible. He's like, they and she watch said, this. you just need to watch the first episode, and if you don't get hooked on the first episode, you don't have to watch it. And I am obsessed with Revenge now. I <laughs> I never miss an episode. I'm well, totally addicted. It was so funny because he watched the 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 pilot was still available online, but the second episode was only available for pay. Uh, through Amazon. So he's like, okay, what's your Amazon password? I'm like, nice. <laughs> Another one. So yes, uh, Revenge is fantastic. And that said, we haven't really added any new shows. I've been watching yeah. Ben and Kate on Hulu, oh. which I don't, it's not the greatest show ever, but it has that kind of happy endings. It has hints of that happy endings magic where at the end of the day, happy endings is one of the least original shows on television. Like, they put so little effort into Happy Endings to make it one of a kind. It's the magic of the writing and that cast that oh, makes cast it fantastic. the most fun to watch. You know, they spent... If You can even read articles about it. They spent a year developing the subtleties and character dynamics of Modern Family, and they probably spent about eight minutes on happy endings. But the cast <clears> and the <throat> writing and the tone of that show is so one of a kind that it's fantastic. And, and there's little hints of that in Ben and Kate. Like, 
like if they turn into the slide and if they kind of enjoy they they let it grow i can mm-hmm. kind of get excited about it. and i love nat Paxson and the girl on it dakota whatever is adorable and so it's just it's a very cute show yeah that's the only one i've really i've i've watched a second episode of oh okay. it's the only one i've i've kind of given a crap about of new shows yeah but revenge is back revenge we're jazzed about back. that and you're back with it's once totally upon a time soapy yes once upon a time more characters each week more and more and more characters and <laughs> the that's one okay, thing spoiler alert afraid the of. uh you know season two the curse is broken so everybody in storybrook now knows who their former selves were and wow i said i said spoiler alert <laughs> yeah but i can't go away oh <laughs> I think were you I, ever gonna watch it i don't know <laughs> maybe someday after you finish the happy. last season of Secret Life of an American Teenager, uh, that, that or, is, or Pretty Little Liars, I'm not gonna watch or Teen Little Wolf. Liars. I would watch Teen Wolf if it was online because I watched the pilot to Teen Wolf and it was awesome. I, and I was so angry because I I was so angry at how good the pilot of Teen Wolf was. I didn't watch any other episodes though. I've actually heard it got worse after the pilot, but the pilot was so good. And, okay, anything that I might have spoiled about Once Upon a Time, you would have seen. You would have found out just by looking at the pictures in Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> but I do apologize. I didn't know there was even a chance. <laughs> well, it's fun. Uh, let's go ahead. You'll uh, forget by the time you get around to it. That's <laughs> probably true. It doesn't sound like it's that big of a, a spoiler. No. Um, so anyway, uh, let's let's um, let's talk about Glee a little bit because this is a Glee <laughs> podcast. We got a couple voicemails. We don't have a ton, but uh, let's listen through our voicemails and uh, we'll see what we got. Oh, I've been rewatching Quantum Leap, and that totally holds up. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I've been watching Damages. (laughs) You have to get like halfway through season two before it becomes the quantum leap you remember. (laughs) Like there's there's a solid 20 episodes where you're kind of going, this is almost the quantum leap I remember. (laughs) And then it totally figures it out halfway through season two. It's fantastic. Yeah. Best show on television. Uh, That's not on television anymore. Yeah. Here is a, let's listen to some voicemails. Um, And we got a couple about Clane. So let's kick that up. Ooh. Long-time listener, but first-time voicemailer Sarah here. From Northern Ireland. The same place in the world as Rory. By the way, Aww. where is Rory? No, <laughs> never mind. That's a whole other topic. I want to talk for a moment about Clane. Brace yourselves, because this is probably one of the most controversial opinions you're going to hear about Clane. And don't worry, I'm prepared for when the fangirls attack. Riot gear is a standard issue when you live in this part of Ireland. My opinion? Clane is poison. Not the kills-you-immediately sort of poison, but rather the build-up-over-time-so-you-don't-notice sort. Kurt and Blaine were at their best before they got together. At Dalton, Blaine was this really confident guy, happy with himself and his sexuality, and mentoring Kurt to be the same way. And it was good. Their friendship with the hope of something more was beautiful. But then they got together for real, and everything changed. Blaine had taken on this persona of a needy poppy that follows Kurt around and needs approval for everything he does. If you can remember back to episode 1 of season 3, when Blaine and Kurt were in the lima bean, and Kurt asked Blaine why he hadn't made up his decision of whether or not to transfer to McKinley. The boy was sitting there in his Dalton uniform. He had made up his mind. It just wasn't the answer Kurt wanted to hear. And by that point, Kurt had already started to suck away Blaine's confidence, like some sort of social leech, that rather than offend Kurt, he moved to McKinley, setting him up for the downward spiral that's reached a climax when Blaine cheated. 
Also, I've never thought that Kurt was fully invested in Clean. I think he liked the idea so much of having a boyfriend that he latched on to the first guy that paid him attention and, you know, didn't beat him up. And all the boyfriend things that he did for Blaine, I get the feeling he did because it's what he thought was expected of him, rather than out of want. Kurt's selfishness towards Blaine has always been there, slowly festering away in the background, but it's only in the last few episodes that the writers have switched from a gentle nudge to battering us to death with it. I hope that they don't get back together, but if they do, first Kurt needs a good slap, and Blaine has to be the one to give it to him. Now don't get me wrong, I love Darren, and I love Chris. Heck, I love Blaine and I love Kurt on their own, but just not in the kind of relationship that they've been in in the last few seasons. Really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say on this. Bye. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, listener Sarah brought up a couple things on there, uh, which I think were really interesting. First of all, where the heck is Rory? At least acknowledge that he went back to Ireland. Seriously? Yeah, I mean, in all the time. Um, well, wasn't he living with um, Brittany? I think, yes, he, he was, was an exchange student. For an exchange student. And <laughs> she hasn't talked about him. Oh. <laughs> I kind of forgot too. Now I feel bad. I, and I it is kind of funny though that like he won nationals. Like, peace out. I'm out. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it is pretty funny that he won the Glee project. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she brings up a couple really interesting points. Other than Rory, one of them is Blaine really did change a lot mm-hmm. after he came to McKinley. He. I mean, we've talked a lot about he was how he was really only Kurt's foil um, to a certain extent. And, and uh, but yeah, there were kind of subtle changes in his character. And I don't know, I, it, listening to that voicemail, it kind of begged the question in my head, um, like, not not to not to sound horrible, but did they ever really work as a couple? I mean, as much as we liked them. Like, were there genuine competition? Were they ever all that functional as a couple? There, there are, there's a part of me that's saying, I don't know that they were ever a particularly functional, strong couple. I mean, we well, always had the... Uh, there was just so much uh, uh, talk about all the things they weren't, you know? They weren't affectionate enough. They weren't uh, uh, out enough. They... they, they uh, you know, Kurt was always a certain a certain amount of whiny. I mean, I, I don't know. It was interesting to just kind of uh, I was I, it kind of brought that question to my mind. You know, we we were such fans of Clean as a concept. Yeah. Did Clean actually work as a couple on the show? Well, I mean, okay, so fine. We I mean, we've talked about this before. They they're not the you know big flashy couple that that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not the you know. Maybe they're not, um, you know, they're they're not the couple that holds hands in the hallway. They're not the couple that hang out in front of each other's lockers and kiss before they go to each other's class, you know, their separate ways. And, you know, they just seem to be very comfortable. And, like, to me, they were almost so functional that there was nothing to show. Like, Hmm. there was no, I mean, every now and then a little bit of drama would come up when, when Kurt was you know, flirting over text with some guy and when, you know, maybe Kurt wanted to wear something and, and, and Blaine wasn't comfortable with it because he had, you know, at his other school 
or, or in, in, in a previous time run into problems with dressing a certain way or acting a certain way. So, I mean, like every now and then would see stuff like that. But for the most part, they just seemed like they were, you know, a, a regular couple without drama. Hmm. So. Yeah. And I mean. Maybe that's what it is on television. If there's no drama, you don't see them being demonstrably functional. Right. Because they're just. Because they're just. Busy being functional. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, okay, so fine. When they first met, Kurt was in a really bad place, and Blaine was the, the, the strong, confident, supportive friend. You know, he became his, his mentor and his, mm-hmm. his um, you know, support for everything that he was going through in that, in that, you know, that's what he had gone through. And it seemed like, yeah, okay, Blaine... Definitely lost himself when he came to McKinley to to be there for Kurt. And maybe Kurt didn't, you know, outwardly seem to show that he acknowledged everything that Blaine had given up. And, you know, I mean, maybe maybe that was it. Maybe he didn't maybe he didn't appreciate the sacrifices that Blaine went through to be with him. And just yeah, became very comfortable. The, yeah. Yeah, within the displayed time of the show. Right. Yeah, we never did have a moment of Kurt saying, like, <clears throat> I acknowledge you gave up yeah, your, your life sacrifice. to be with me. Yeah, and then he became... I mean, the thing is, too, it's like you can't say he became Kurt's shadow because, my God, I mean, he got so many solos in the, the Glee Club. But, you know, maybe... Maybe as, you know, maybe they were back on Kurt's turf. You know, Blaine didn't quite shine outside of the Glee Club as much as Kurt did. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, so much of Blaine's uh, power when we first met him was the uniform Mm -hmm. and the entourage and the adulations of the of the warblers that Mm -hmm. gave him all the solos, even though he was a sophomore and. And then when he came to McKinley, it was, he was just kind of one more member of the Glee Club, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was inevitable uh, for us as viewers to see him in a slightly lesser light and for him to be portrayed in a slightly lesser light. Yeah, or... uh, And feel as such. On a more even light, or he he was now, he was now just the same as everybody else as opposed to a Dalton. He he was, you know, a leader. Mm Mm-hmm. And among men, alo- among men, <laughs> in in snappy blazers. Interesting. So I mean, it's you know, and I mean, obviously that all you know has built up to the point where Blaine cheated on Kurt, um, and for the other reasons cited in the last episode. And so I don't, I don't think they're a bad couple. I just. I think, you know, maybe something like this is is something that will open Kurt's eyes and and make him evaluate what he has. And you know, if there really is something there that he wants yeah. to fight for, then he will, you know, then they'll make it work. Otherwise, it wasn't quite everything that everybody built it up to be. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it was it was funny watching the episode how I didn't walk away from the episode and being like, Clayne is done. 
And then <laughs> I didn't either. And then uh, Darren Chris put that letter on his website, going on about how this is, you know, how uh, uh, the love of the fans made a breakup even possible. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, a breakup is a breakup, and you know, there's there's a chance of reconciliation, or there's not. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'll but be, it is. It is interesting. Cause it, yeah. I mean, I don't think that many people were really that mad at Blaine because they understood. Or were there people mad at Blaine? Oh, yes. Oh, God, of course. Oh, Uh people were outraged at at the the entire situation. Uh, And we, uh, let's see, let's go to uh, right in our own backyard. This is listener Haley. Hey, Josh, Jen and Ed, it's Haley. Um, Excuse my voice, I'm a little sick this week. But I just had to share something that I found hilarious this week. Um, in Entertainment Weekly this week, it's the Hollywood design issue. And there are there's an article about New York City apartments on TV, and they have Rachel and Kurt's apartment. Now, this blurb I found hilarious. <laughs> Shoestring chic. When dorm life doesn't work out for Rachel, she moves into Kurt's Brooklyn loft. Quote, it's far enough outside of Manhattan that the audience could believe they could afford it, end quote, says Glee production designer Mark Hutman. Sure, Mark Hutman, sure, because New York apartments, even in Brooklyn, are so cheap for college kids. All right, keep up the good work, guys. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's any universe in which that apartment is believable unless it's in, you know, uh, Buffalo. But. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the thing is, okay. So I have the page open. I'm I'm looking at it right now, and it's not only that is this place, this space is ridiculously huge and has so much character, and like, even if it is that far outside of Manhattan, it's the way they've decorated it. Like I'm looking <laughs> at this, you know. I mean, I'm sure it's not a real Ames chair, but they have you know these these pieces in there that I was like. There's no way. These are not just garage sale finds. And if they are garage sale finds, there's still thousands and thousands of dollars in garage sale finds. So, did I say that right? Sale finds, yeah. <laughs> so, all of that said, it's we're just going to continue for the rest of the I'm going to continue for the rest of the season and point out how ridiculous this apartment is. Oh, without question. The apartment's totally ridiculous. And, I mean... <laughs> You know, as I've said on the show before, like, it's no more ridiculous than every New York apartment on every TV show ever, um, friends. But at the same time, it's, it, it, you know, it's part of, for some reason on Glee, Glee's always strived for some kind of, like, its own weird agreement of realism. You know, as absurd as it is, Glee has always kind of given us this, like, we decide where the line, you know, they they tell us where the line of realism is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's always been emotional realism. Like, that's always been Glee's goal, right? Is it's all, always been emotional truth. They'll play with every other kind of truth. But it, they're always mm-hmm. going to strive for some emotional truth. Um, but for some reason, this apartment just, like, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know why. And I think it would yeah. be even funnier to have them in a tiny apartment, like, living on top of each other. For some reason, I think that would actually be funnier. Oh, but it yeah. would be impossible to shoot in and it wouldn't look good. No, so. no. It, was just, it, it is just kind of ridiculous that they have been able to, you know... In, in the course of a couple of weeks, while in New York, while pursuing their dreams, while, while going to school and 
you know, dedicating time to classes and while working as an intern, <laughs> most of it's which apparently are apparently a paid intern, apparently a paid intern, yeah, by the, just putting together a portfolio of his outfits. The chances of getting a paid internship are slim and none. The chances yeah. of getting an internship while not a working or while not a student and enrolled yeah. student are even less or yeah. even slimmer and none. <laughs> so, so the fact that they've been able to not only afford to do this but have the time to put it together is just ridiculous i mean it's like okay i get it i get it it's like the the show wants you to buy into if you believe it and if you want it hard enough you can get it and so then as an audience i think we have to go along you know and you know the whole suspension of disbelief to yeah to because we want our, you know, we want our characters, we want, you know, these these kids that we love and adore to achieve everything. And but is this it is horrible, just... though, that I look at that apartment and I don't see them roughing it. Like, I think oh, no, that's part of the not. struggle with that apartment is they're not roughing they're not. it. Like they're not making insane sacrifices for their art. They're living not, in a really cool apartment. Not even close. Okay, I'm like looking at that ottoman. That ottoman's at least $250. Okay, maybe that coffee table, Jennifer which looks like an old artist. Hand, it looks like way. an old art bench because it even has like paint or something on it. I know. And then, then they're like, it used to be just one giant room and now it's got walls. That's the other thing too. It's got walls and they've they've got this bookcase creating, um, you know, a division. Oh, a, and a div- oh that's very clever. Though. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Where'd they get it? Uh, let's, <laughs> we got one more voicemail before we go. Uh, let's take a listen. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. It's Michelle from Wisconsin, a.k.a. Shalaria. And I just thought it would be interesting for you guys to discuss where these kids would be if it wasn't for Glee. For instance... I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for Schuster's intervention and Finn joining the Glee Club that he would happily be taking care of his dad's garage and be kind of content with his life. And instead, he's running around having no clue. Just thought that might be a different take on things and wanted to hear what you guys had to say. Have a good night. Bye. That's a pretty interesting way. And since... We can kind of go down a rabbit hole in this conversation and lose an hour. I, I think I'm to you, Jennifer. I think I'd make a more pointed question of whose lives would be the most different and whose lives would be the least different. Okay, I my mind is already like running in a million different directions with this, but I would love for them to do a holiday episode where you know Schuster has this. And so this is a it's it's a it's a wonderful, it's a life wonderful episode. Life. Schuster, yes. Schuster it has itself. Schuster has a choice. You know, he's got that whole, um, you know, performing arts committee yes. subcommittee that he's heading up, and you know, and it's like he has this whole like crisis of conscience. Like, what? Oh no! If I wasn't here, they would have been better off without me. And okay, so let's see. If there wasn't Glee Club, okay. If there wasn't Glee Club. You know, Finn and Quinn and baby Quinn would be... Um, Beth. <laughs> would be unhappy. Would would be... <laughs> miserable um, somewhere. They would be... They would be, well, obviously be living in Lima. She... Um, Quinn maybe works at a daycare because then she could take care of the kid. Mm. And Finn... Finn wouldn't be working at the garage because Finn and Kurt wouldn't have become friends and then... Carol and True. Bert wouldn't have met under those circumstances, and they wouldn't have gotten married because 
Kurt wouldn't have come in and tried to be matchmaker for them. So Bert would still be running a garage, but then yet he would be so stressed and overworked, he will have actually died from that heart attack. Oh, my God. Yep, that's right. That's right. She's going there. I'm going there. And um, and uh, Finn's mother would have a tragic denim accident and also die. Um <laughs> One too many denim pieces, you know, just, just weighed her just down. She smothered and, her. Yeah. 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 She, her she skin couldn't, couldn't breathe. Couldn't, couldn't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so Finn and Quinn married with baby, um, scraping by paycheck to paycheck. Bert's dead. Carol's dead. Um, Kurt. No, Kurt would still make it. Kurt would still See, somehow get out of there. That's the thing. I think, I think Kurt and Rachel's lives, actually, I don't think would be that significantly changed. I think they'd still be in New York yeah. in this crazy loft apartment. Doing almost exactly, exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Because, I mean, well, I mean, everything that Kurt did in the Glee Club had nothing to do with him landing this gig at Vogue.com. <laughs> Come on. It's so... But of course, then there wouldn't be any Blaine because it wouldn't be Glee Club, and we wouldn't have met the, um, we wouldn't have met the um, other school. Or well, no, no, he went there. Kurt went there to get away from, not because of the Glee Club, but he. Oh no, no, he went there to spy on them. That's how he met them first, right? Wait, who's this? Kurt went to Dalton to spy on. Yes. And then later the decided to enroll. So Kurt yes. never would have met. He never would have met Blaine. Blaine. So, so he would have uh, be, he'd be with Karofsky right now. <laughs> it's horrible. And, um, and, and Blaine would be with Sebastian. <laughs> Tybo had an interesting observation. Tybo said, Quinn only slept with Puck because Finn was distracted by the Glee Club. So if Finn hadn't... Oh, you're saying it happened before. I'm saying it happened before. Oh, all right. She, was, she slept with Puck because she had a couple of wine coolers and felt fat that day. <laughs> she was just trying to boost her own ego by feeling right. sexy. So I'm pretty sure that was beforehand. I, I think definitely um, Santana would be angry and probably move away and be and just go, I think Santana would be in the same place but just matter. She would be Sue at another school. Exactly. Exactly. She would be the cheerleading totally. angry cheerleading coach at another school. And Brittany would have walked outside during the rain and looked up into the sky so long that she would have drowned. <laughs> and just like a turkey. No, Brittany. Uh, this is the Halloween episode. Brittany, yeah. <laughs> and we're killing half of the cast. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's it's like with those video games. It's like these are the scenarios and like no matter what the combination of um you know choices, they all end up dead. <laughs> oh, it's like remember when they made the um they did the Twilight one? Remember they did the Twilight one where it's Mm-mm. like oh, it was it was like the old 8-bit, you know. Do you A, do you B, or do you C? And no mm-hmm. matter what you chose, every scenario l- ended up with all the characters dying. Oh, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> um, you, I think you sent it to me. <laughs> and Will Schuster, poor Will Schuster. Will Schuster, uh, well, he'd still be married to Terry, obviously. He would be swaddling a pillow and pushing it around in a carriage saying, I think it looks just like me. <laughs> Are you sure you were really pregnant? I already had the baby, Will. I know, but it's still... <laughs> He's really quiet, and he looks like a pillow. He's not growing. <laughs> oh. That's why we call him Fluffy Will. No, that's not cool. <laughs> and, uh, well, no, well. I think. And um, Emma would have married uh, Tanaka. 
Emma would still be with Tanaka because she needed to get away from Will. And Will would have never gotten his credit. No, she broke up with Tanaka before. No, he left her at the wedding. He left her at the altar. Did he leave her? He left her at the altar. Because okay. she knew he knew that she she because remember Poor she Tanaka. went to she went to she um, come back. She went to chaperone regionals or nationals or That's sectionals. Right. Rather than rather than go to the wedding. He pushed off yeah, she pushed off the yeah. wedding. Um and Sue would still be there. And yep. Brittany, but she'd have all of her <clears throat> championships. Yep. She'd still be winning championships. She'd be winning, winning championships. And I think, I think Brittany still would be repeating senior year. <laughs> she would she would be on the cheerleading squad. And yeah, Brittany's life would be totally unaffected. It would be entirely different and yet entirely exactly the same. Exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> and Tina, of course, would be as forgettable and forgotten as she is now. Tina would have brought a gun to school. He <laughs> oh would have just snapped and been like, this is not even cool. Because oh. if you remember, first season, yeah. Tina was the angry goth chick who sang I Kissed a Girl and did the Rihanna move, tapping her crotch while she sang it. And she so, she faked stuttering. And she faked a stutter. Yeah. So she'd still be faking a stutter. And what would Artie... On 2020. Art, Artie would... <laughs> Actually, Artie would probably do better. He He probably would... Um, you know, focus more on his scholastics and uh, graduate with honors and go to a, a fine school and become a um, uh, a civil rights lawyer. Not a civil <laughs> rights lawyer, like a, somebody who uh, works for the ADA. He, he would get ramps in every building in Lima. Wow. On fire. Yeah. Um, Animal Puff said Sam would still be a stripper. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and every and everyone in the <laughs> chat room went, Screw the new directions. They've ruined everything. Uh first song in the chat room gets to pick what we do last. Uh <laughs> or what we play at the end. So um so yeah, I think that we was a do. that was an interesting thought experiment. Yes, thank you for, for putting that in our heads. It's totally and, and it's pretty interesting that we both agreed the two characters who li- whose lives were actually changed the least were the two main characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were well, Rachel and they were just so focused in their visions, I think, that there really was no no derailing them. Yeah. They they were just so I mean, this was always where they were gonna be. You know, this mm-hmm. is what they always said they did. This is where they always said they'd go. I mean, if anything, Rachel might not have gotten into Niata because she wouldn't have had the same amount of practice, you know? But that was always her complaint where she's like, if you can't give me what I need in the Glee Club, I'll go to the theater department. And if I can't get into the theater department, I'll go someplace else. Like, you know, it's it's almost Rachel's life to a certain extent, as annoying as it is, is almost a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Okay, or she goes to New York, finds out that her birth mother is, in fact, Adina Menzel, and she becomes her understudy for Wicked. The actual Adina Menzel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not just, not just Adina Menzel. Not not Shelby. Not Adina Menzel is Shelby. Just Adina Menzel. <laughs> well, uh, that was fun. Oh my god, that was so much more fun than I thought we were going to have tonight. That's a horrible thing to say. Well, this has been dark. Uh, <laughs> 
killed off half the Glee Club. <laughs> if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. Ed is at Edward Giordano, and Ed will definitely be joining yeah. us for our next episode. We're sorry he could not be with us tonight. We miss him. He would have loved this topic. Oh, yes. So we Ed, will, Ed let will write Ed some crazy fan in. fiction. Yes. We will let Ed weigh in on this uh, topic when he gets back. Um, if you'd like to find us online, you can go to the face or yeah, the Facebook page. Just search for Gleeful Podcast and the website, which is at gleefulpodcast.com. And uh, that's about it. Uh, Jennifer. Joshua. Got anything else? I'm good. All right. I'm good. Thank you. We'll be back in a couple weeks, we hope. We'll definitely be back eventually. For my new no hope had. But yeah, we've got we've got a <laughs> lot of stuff going on in the next couple of weeks, so we yeah. will be back as soon as we can. Uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ned, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. And Ed. I'm Jed. <laughs> and Ed is uh, shining Jen. down, except when the monsoon strikes. I think. Uh, <laughs> good night, <Peace> everybody. It's not the same, I don't see the harm So are you game? Let's make a team, make them say my name Love in the extreme, now are you game?